your performance has nothing to do with your worth. Nothing you ever achieve, nothing you ever create can add one bit of value to your human value as a life existing. Nothing can ever add to that. But the good thing about that is nothing can ever subtract from it. You, nothing you ever fail to accomplish can ever take that away. I'm Dave Buddha, and this is Darken the Page, the podcast that asks the question, where does great art come from? Today's guest is internationally acclaimed voice and performance coach, Stephen Memel. Stephen is the creator of the science of switching on, a system that enables him to achieve rapid and dramatic results with all performers in helping them get into the zone and stay there. I've personally worked with him, and I'm proud to call him a friend and a mentor. Since I've started this podcast, I've been wanting to have him on the show, and I'm happy it's finally here. In this episode, we talk about his discovery that there's only one art, and why that has made such a difference in all his artistic pursuits. We also dive deep into what the feeling of being in the flow is. I would say we really geek out on that. So for the creativity geeks out there, you will love this. This interview was interesting because after I asked him the last question that I always ask guests, we went on talking for another 30 minutes and it ended up being a really fascinating conversation. And we both reflected on our careers in the music and entertainment business in a way that I thought was really valuable. And so even though it wasn't a part of the interview, I was still recording, so I decided to take those 30 minutes and make them into a bonus episode. So if you're listening to this now, the bonus episode is also available, and you can find it on iTunes or on darkenthepage.com, but it's just right after that, and I'm going to make it a bonus. So make sure you check that out, especially if you enjoyed today's show. Today's show is sponsored by Stride Health, which is a company that makes getting affordable healthcare easy and painless. They save users up to $400 a year because they help you pick the right plan and offer guidance on how to best use it once you've joined. I should know I'm a member. The whole service is free and you can check them out at stridehealth.com slash darken the page. And now here's my conversation with voice and performance coach, Stephen Memel. I would love to start and just to tell me tell me a little bit about your journey that um, just as a creative person or as an artist and then you know you've landed in this place of being able to teach people a lot but you know I know you've had a lot of experience um, and so just tell me like a quick synopsis of your journey so far sure sure well you know it was the kid dream the childhood dream of being a performer and and I used to go to the school plays and the high school and the junior high and I would always want to be in them and you know that dream just kept on going through college and 
got out of college and uh, I was lucky. So I got some really good roles in high school and college and it motivated me to keep on going. And then I started working a little bit professionally and I did a, a national tour when I was 21 and, and uh, then went to uh, New York and from there just really, really pursued it. So I was always very motivated and really going after the dream of being a successful performer. And that went through everything like dancing, music, I played an instrument, acting, singing, really just the whole gamut. And uh, I spent time in New York and did the let's make it in New York thing. And, mm -hmm. and one thing led to another and, and teaching kind of during this was always chasing me down a little bit, even in college, because I, I graduated from college kind of early and, and I wanted to take a short gimme class to just get out of there as quickly as I could. So mm -hmm. I took a beginning voice class after I had already been studying. And when we had to sing on the first day, the teacher uh, says to me, okay, what are you doing in this class? Now, mind you, I wasn't really great or anything, but mm -hmm. I'd been working hard. As a matter of fact, when I started out, people said I was tone deaf. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I told her, honestly, I said, I'm here to get the units. And she said, you can stay in the class, all right, because she knew my teacher. And she said that if she, on the day that she took the women separately, she gave me a classroom and I taught the men, mm -hmm. then I could stay in the class. And that was when I was 19 years old and that was the beginning of it. And I'm still looking for those guys right now. So I can apologize to each and every one of them for any <laughs> damage that I might have done in my absolute ignorance at that point huh. but you know Dave that kind of thing just kept happening and yeah. so I'd be studying with a teacher in New York and they asked me do you, you know will you take my overflow students I don't know why I guess it's because they felt I understood it mm -hmm. nobody ever gave me any instruction in how to do it they mm -hmm. just assumed I would do the right thing mm -hmm. um, which was quite a journey mm -hmm. but uh, I kept on going as a performer and I got to do a lot and I really that was my real dream but there came a time in my life where you know I was very su successful on an artistic level and a reputation level but it just wasn't for a number of reasons just going over the top on a commercially viable commercially financially viable level mm -hmm to the degree that I wanted. I mean, I could have run around the country doing plays and regional theater for the rest of my life mm -hmm. if I wanted to have steady employment, but it wasn't the thing. So um, I kind of yielded to teaching again. And uh, when somebody down the block, when I was, I guess, like 37 said, will you please teach my daughter? And I went, okay. And I said, let me hang out a shingle mm -hmm. and really go for it. And that was that was that and then i started going for it yeah and it began go ahead oh you know did you find that you know in those first moments of being able to teach people was there an excitement for you was it like a was, was there a sense of like i'm pretty good at this or I, at least i enjoy teaching yeah. i don't know yeah 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 i mean I, I was when i look back at it I was a natural teacher. I don't know where that came from or why. I think mm -hmm. it was the excitement of seeing the underlying elements and principles, which gets down to something you and I were talking about, about, you know, one art type of thing. But mm -hmm. the underlying principles of something. And 
I would really look, and when I got it, there would be kind of like this bing, and then I'd say, hey, I'd look at people who were having a little trouble with it, and I'd say, hey, you want me to show you? I figured something out, and I started showing people, and they'd gravitate toward it, and that was if I was in a show, and I was, uh, I learned to dance step faster, and I was helping teach other people, and I, I remember even in geometry in the 10th grade, I, I, I was crying because for the first month, I couldn't figure out anything. I mean, my brain just couldn't figure it. And then I don't know what happened, but something happened. And then everybody wanted to sit near me during the test so they could cheat off my paper. And the teacher even asked me one day when he left the room, would I take over mm -hmm. teaching the class? <laughs> It just kind of unfolded. It was a weird thing. Well, I have a and, theory about that because yeah, I think yeah. I think I'm I can relate on a similar journey. And what I found for myself, at least, and this may or may not be true for you, is that I I I'm a I'm a stubborn learner, and, and I'm a stickler for like total comprehension. So I can't. I have no no such thing as an I believe button in my mind. And so if I couldn't, I had to learn something so comprehensively that I could teach it or I just wouldn't understand it at all. And so sometimes yep. it would take me longer to learn something because I had to like take apart the watch and learn all mm -hmm. the pieces. Mm -hmm. And then once I, but once I did, then it would all just became really clear to me. I think that's absolutely right on. Yeah. Um, and, and it's really the same for me. And then once it becomes really clear, it becomes exciting to share it with others, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because you know? well, then you, what you found out is that there's an easier way to teach this. I mean, like, we don't, yeah. we're doing, we're, we're, you know, this is like, you could do it this way or, you know, you can see how this is all related. And I think there's an element that, that I always felt like we weren't really giving people credit for what they could understand. You know, I, I think in a lot of ways, so yeah, with you. and and that was something that I, you know, really appreciated about working with you is that you started with that from the beginning. And, and I think yeah. it, it, it quickly escalated because I was so open to that. But I think you do that with everybody where it's like, you know, even with like a 10 year old kid, it's like, cool, I'm going to teach you how the voice works. Yep. You know, there's, yep. you're, not, you're not going to have to believe this because I'm some authority figure. Like we're yes. going to, you're going to, we're going to make you an expert on your own voice. And yep. what a radical concept that is, unfortunately, but it, it is. It just seems that we don't do that all the time. You named, you named a very, very intentional, conscious philosophy of mine in exactly that. We do not give people credit. We don't give kids credit. We don't give anybody credit. And as a matter of fact, you know, I, I'm, I'm in teaching a lot of things, not just in voice anymore. As mm -hmm. you know, I'm in performance and working with entrepreneurs and a lot of different things. But it, it's all based uh, I, the whole vocal thing is it's based upon a lot of teachers don't feel you should learn the underlying mechanics too much because then you'll only work mechanistically mm -hmm. and i think quite the opposite i'm like you the more detail i get the more i can release and and it's a skill it's a fundamental skill that human beings have that they're not taught that much the understanding of how to be an intense focus without concern about result on the details and the elements of something and then to completely let it go mm -hmm. and go into this other space that's completely instinctive, immediate, 
spontaneous. And as a matter of fact, that's the two modes of processing of the human mind. And, and that we can do that at will. And that if while we're in that spontaneous place, we're sort of keeping an, our eye on, you know, that stuff I learned, am I putting it in there? We're not really in a state of freedom. Mm -hmm. And so we'll never be able to discover what we're really free with, what we really own when we let go. In this, because the, the creative space is certainly something that a lot of people have just kind of given up trying to understand. You know, right. they will say like, this is just magical. It happens when it happens, or I have my routines or habits and that mm -hmm. just works for me. But you've really like taken on quite a task to try to understand why people make great art versus good art yep. or why people are in the zone versus not. And, right. and you know, wh when I started this podcast, you really were one of the first people I thought of because that is the essence of what. I love about about talking to people that are in the arts and so I'm I'm curious like what were some of your I guess insights around sure. the zone or how did you you know how did you decide to start getting into that or what you know what was that like yeah that, that, that's a really good question and, and you're right um, I did morph from being the voice guy to my niche being the performance guy because I saw that people in the vocal world were not getting the kind of performance training that they needed. Mm -hmm. that, and I was also an actor and a director and had delved deeply into that. But the actors and directors who would come in and work with people vocally on performance didn't have the scope of technical and anatomical knowledge that I had. Mm -hmm. So I was really a, uh, a guy who bordered, strided both of those worlds and found how integrated they are because the body changes how it functions based on intention and emotion. And so, I mean, that's why a lot of people struggle with their technique because they can do it in a lesson, but when the pedal hits the metal and they get all emotional and they get on stage or they get in the studio, the technique goes out the window because it hasn't been put under that stress. It hasn't put been put through the fire mm -hmm. of the intensity and the literal physical bodily changes that happen when we get into a different emotional physical state mm -hmm. yeah. you know so yeah. so yeah so how did this all happen well the first really the first inkling i had of it which i kind of thought of and then you know sloughed off was I literally remember this so specifically walking down Broadway when I was a young performer in New York and I was walking past, you know, the fountain at the Metropolitan Opera Center. And I was just thinking about all the things I was working on and training on that because I was trained as a dancer and I trained as a, a player and a vocalist and all these various things. Mm -hmm. and, and, and my mind was just thinking about it just all the pieces were sort of clicking together that the same principles of freedom of excellence of being able to tap into the zone when i tapped into the zone and everybody's had that experience one way mm -hmm. or another mm -hmm. 
when I did that, it, it felt and happened the same in each of those areas. And the only thing that was different was what particular form I was sending that through or, or channel. Was it my, my arms and my legs as a dancer? Was it my fingers as a piano player? Mm-hmm. Was it my, the mechanics of my voice? And I, I read enough philosophy and, and other things to know that, uh, you know, a, a, a story is there in a spreadsheet of an accountant. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a different channel, but, but me, it was me that was there. And either I was in a state of freedom and flow or I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And that there were certain things that would either facilitate my being there or become an obstacle to my being there. And that determined my level of mastery of something. Mm-hmm. And so the thought came, the, the thought formed like this, wow, this is all the same. There's only one art. Mm-hmm. That art is me. Mm-hmm. And, and there's only one art, actually it was like this, there's only one art, including the art called life. Mm-hmm. They're all the same. And I think through experience over the years, my brain just couldn't stop seeing and not just my brain my heart as my heart opened as i grew less afraid as a human being and more open hearted and grew more into my soul it, the it, the 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 connections just kept it, it was like you know like the, one of those pictures in the movies you know where everything starts chunking together and it just didn't stop and mm-hmm. and and so at some point, uh, I guess when I was really, it was when, after I'd made the decision to become a full-time coach, whatever that manifested in, mm-hmm. that I, I saw these real details and elements and structural points that had to be met and then, and then started um, laying those out in a, in a system and describing them and giving them some form and shape that other people could see and leverage and be able to concretely use mm-hmm. to approach scientifically, uh, you know, with, with clarity, moving into the zone. So that in the zone, in flow, was not something that we felt very fortunate to have a moment of but that it was something that we could reliably depend on mm. anytime that mm-hmm. it was ours to step into and that we can all become absolute experts absolute masters of doing that if you understand what the elements are that will enable you to move into that space and you practice them mm-hmm. Yeah, it it really is like a like a habit, like a habit or a muscle. Mm-hmm. I noticed for myself, you know, when I get behind a microphone or when I'm performing, like when I just when I start performing, there is there is like an inner ritual that must happen. Mm-hmm. And for the you know for the most part, I mean, pretty much at this point, as if I'm playing music, 
under in less than an hour. I mean, you know, if it's like goes on for hours and hours, I'm probably I might lose this. But um, if I'm playing and there, and there's and I have the attention of at least a few people, um, it happens automatically, and I'm there yeah. pretty much ninety five percent of the time. Unless yeah. there's like a TV in the room and it catches my attention, but you know, and it's and it didn't always happen that way. And I don't, I wasn't aware of anything when it shifted, um, right. and it probably shifted slowly. And and but it it's I do find that it's fascinating because it's 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 just like this cool thing that happens, and then and then it's so relaxing that I'm also just watching the whole experience too. And having fun with it, and and then you know I, that allows me to like change words in the song to fit yep. people and all sorts of different interesting things. But meanwhile, I'm just like relaxed in this place of total let go, and yep. and I and I can do that in music because I've practiced it. Yes, and I, and I see. So I really see what you're saying in terms of like this is something that um, if practiced in in and held, you know, through the fire of transforming that, like practiced it in the place that it's. Um, that the adrenaline's going or whatever's happening, that it really can be something that, you know, I, I guess I had heard something about Marlon Brando, how Marlon Brando used to be so good at being in that place that um, he wouldn't even memorize his lines. He would have his assistant read his, like he would have an earpiece in mm-hmm. on a, in a movie set and he would have his assistant like read his lines to him and yeah. then he would just, just act it out because he was so he could just listen to what was going on and also just be in that flow of acting. Dave, not comparing myself with Marlon Brando, but I <laughs> feel that freedom as well. And yeah. that's what I do when people are struggling and saying things, how hard things are. I said, yes, but this is possible. And I'll have them do something like feed me um, things to say like while I'm there so I can show them without even knowing what emotion I'm supposed to have Mm -hmm. it can resonate and flow through me and i can give a great performance yeah you know and and what you're talking about is exactly right the way you've moved into it and you've done it through a lot of application being a stubborn learner hard work a smart intuitive guy always a seeker i mean you have the qualities that that kind of how, how do you not, being who you are, get there, all right? But not everybody has all that time or all that drive or whatever, and, and they need some help into it. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of people who know how to achieve it like you do, um, and, and uh, I'm not saying you don't know how to do what I'm about to say. You may very well, mm-hmm. uh, but they don't know how to break it down, and it goes back to that breaking things down. They don't know how to break it down into the core little tiny pieces so that other people can learn each one of those little pieces. And then as those integrate, this thing happens. When they learn how to do what I call, uh, go into the fifth stage, what I call the quickening, Mm -hmm which is, and you just described it when you talked about that freedom to use people's names and all that. I, I say where you're unselfconscious, mm-hmm. but self-aware. Mm-hmm. You know, you're self-aware, but not self-conscious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just a place where it's, I mean, the joy that you also were just expressing of doing that, that's why they call it, a play that's why they call it 
play the guitar yeah you know <laughs> and and these subtle things of language are lost on us because we're so hard working on playing the guitar right you know <laughs> today's episode is brought to you by stride health if you are a self-employed person like me you will love this company and i'm going to prove it to you so recently i posted about stride health on my facebook page because i wanted everyone to know to check them out so here are some of the responses that I got from people just from one posting. One woman said, Dave, how did you know I was actually about to sit down on my computer and research health insurance? I love the synchronicity. You just saved me $840 a year. Thank you. Another friend said, thank you. Super grateful you posted this at the perfect time for me. And I'll mention why it's the perfect time is because November 1st is the beginning of the two-month enrollment period where you can get health insurance. You can't get it year-round with Obamacare and healthcare.gov. You have to do it within a certain window, and that window is open now in November and December. So make sure you check it out. StrideHealth.com slash page for more. I really think this company is awesome. Uh, they didn't ask me to share it on Facebook. I honestly just wanted people to know about it. So I think you'll love it, and check it out. Now back to the show. I have a mystical, curious question, which sure. is when you, you know, everybody has a different experience of what that's like in mm -hmm. the zone, feeling the flow. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not something that, that people would ever really even argue about because everybody's experience is unique and that's really fun. Mm -hmm. uh, but what is, what, is, what is that like for you? What's the flavor of it? And what is... What does it remind you of, or how, how do you how do you experience it if you had to describe it? Joy, fullness. Uh, it, it can be. It's the joy of experiencing unity, where I'm not of two minds, I'm of one. It can be I can be wildly crazy which is where I have to take most people to, you know, get the shackles off. But mm -hmm. I make it very, very clear to them, I'm not saying they have to be wild and crazy. Stillness is a different thing than being frozen. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it's just an experience of absolute, like I can breathe, it's absolute joy. And even if I'm very, very sad, I feel the fullness of my sadness uh, and this is talking as a performer mm -hmm. or even telling a personal story where I want an audience to be, to understand for their own uses what my personal journey m might have been so they can go, wow, you know, I, I, I can relate to that. Mm -hmm. But I think another quality of it is that there's no questions in it. Mm. So when... You know, again, I'll reference in a performance environment, I can be working with somebody and working with somebody, and there's a lot of, you know, detail, moving this back, doing that, try this, try And you've seen me do it. I mean, you've been there. Mm -hmm. But then when they break through and they hit that space, they don't have to ask the question, was I there? Mm-hmm. 
they they just you could just see it come over their face. They might say, "What did I just do?" But they won't. <laughs> but but yeah, but but they there's no doubt, and that's a shared experience, which just blows me away constantly. Is how every single other person in the room feels the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like we really all resonate with each other and experience that individual having fallen into a place of absolute freedom and self-possession. Mm. And another, another thing to say about it is that's why the self-aware but not self-conscious, mm-hmm. because self-consciousness is judgment. Self-aware is observation without self-judgment. Mm-hmm. And, and I discussed the ideas of fragment and fragmentation most of us walk around fragmented at some degree where we're in conflict with some part of ourselves or we think this part of ourselves is good and that part of ourselves is bad or appropriate for one circumstance and not you know there's all these very very subtle uh but in in insidious internal conflicts that go on those go away in a moment of being in the zone Mm-hmm. There's no second thought. There's only a sense of unity and wholeness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know you do because you yeah. know how to do it. So it's it's always just so curious know. to me. You know, that's like I the 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 image that came to to my mind when I was just exploring this with you as you were talking is, um, it's almost like I'm a a street performer that's like that's like a juggler mm-hmm. um and and then i'm in this act where people where i keep telling people to throw me more things mm-hmm. so it's like i'm juggling clubs and then i say all right uh throw me another club and i'm throwing four clubs and like all right now uh you know put this on top of my head and i'm balancing something on my head and i'm juggling other clubs like all right now put something in my foot and i'm balancing something in my foot while i'm juggling the clubs while i'm bouncing the thing on my head and it's just like this, like more, 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 more. And that's kind of what it feels like for me and to be in that place. It's like, let's, let's just see what's possible here. Like this is, you know, it's like it's having superpowers. So let's see yeah. what we can do. Let's, let's jump off some buildings. Let's, you know, um, it's really, really exciting. And, uh, and, that, and again, I'm also speaking from a place of uh, the performer aspect of it. Well, it's, um, a sen- it's a sense of invincibility, yeah. really. You know, anything's possible. Yeah, you're, kind of, you're, you're right. Kind of reminds me of that. Have you seen um, Robin Williams in Inside the Actor's Studio? No, but oh, I, I will now. That's incredible. He's, uh, you know, he, it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, James Lipton is, is, is trying to get at the essence of what makes Robin Williams so great. And Robin Williams just, you know, such a, a brilliant yes. talent. So, and the truth is Robin Williams is not like you and I, and he is not really interested in the geekery of what this is all about, which was fascinating. Mm-hmm. So it's like, he couldn't, he didn't really explain anything, but he would just, he would just go and do something like, you know, James Lipton would be like, how do you do this? How are you so spontaneous? How are you this? And he'd just stand up and he just, and then he'd start performing for the crowd. He'd say, he'd say, okay, somebody throw me something. And then somebody threw me, threw him a towel and he's like, puts it on his head and he pretends to be a, you know, an Arab and, and it would just go and, and he would demonstrate all these things, but he couldn't talk about it. He couldn't say, right. 
you know, you know, James, it's because I don't think and I just go for it and I take those risks and I don't know. I don't really care what people think about it. He, he didn't really he didn't really go into that, but he just kept being it whenever James right. would ask him a question. And well, it's that's so fascinating. Saying, that's what I was saying earlier about, you know, many of the people who get there naturally or who don't know how they got there. They find it difficult to explain it. Me, I had a lot to overcome, you know, yeah. but, but I had a lot of juice. So when I overcame it, when I got out of the way, a lot of great stuff came there. But I, I'm, it's interesting that you bring up a juggling analogy because I use that too in relationship. And, and, and it's a little different, but it's, this, it's really the same kind of thing. I'll share it with you, which is in the science of switching on, there are five stages and there are stages upon which we must become a master performer and performers is how you do something. So when you are a writer, you are assuming roles and performing. You are, you have to play roles in your mind or as you create, or you're playing the role of writer. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. So we're all performers. So um, there's the stage of body, which is, all the skill-based things that could either distract you from being in flow or enhance the openness of the channel. If you're a singer, it's your mechanics of your voice. If, it's a, if you're a guitar player, it could be your fingers on that. If you're a writer, it could be even in the external world, something as simple is, uh, as you got too much mess on your computer and it's pulling you out of the zone. You know, so that's the stage of body. Stage of mind is simple as this. Are the thoughts I'm thinking undermining me or supporting me? So what are we saying to ourselves? What's the story we've got running in our head? And this is cool for writers, which is the whole thing about narrative psychology. That's a whole thing people should look at, up at that, where it's not about the things that happen. It's the meaning we give to the things that happens that creates the narrative of our life mm -hmm. but um stage of mind stage of emotion is how we connect and and it's the passion but it's how we connect to our content that we're creating it's how we connect to ourselves so can we begin in that place like we were talking about peace to be able to connect and put our heart on the page our anger or our whatever else we need to put on the page mm -hmm. and how do we connect to those who will be taking part in our content whether it's me or you performing in front of an audience or somebody reading your blog post what you know how are you connecting with that person and then there's the stage of energy which is what's the level of spirit or juice that we're working with you know, are there dynamics? It's about dynamics of intensity and contrast uh, in what we create, but it's also about what our internal en energy. Is it flagging or are we lifted and we can spend, we can become conscious of that energy and support ourselves with it or get in our way? So those are the four stages. But all of those things, body, mind, emotion, and energy, sit on the stage of the quickening. And that's when those things no longer exist as separate, four separate stages. And it all melts into one 
and we go. And the way I relate this to juggling is that when, when you first do these things, there's a lot of self-consciousness because you're having to build new skill, skills. Well, now you have to be aware of your thoughts and you, now you have to change your thoughts because they're going to get you if you're not thinking about Oh, now you have to understand your connection. You know, you're juggling all these balls and if somebody's juggling slowly, you, you see all the balls and it's a lot of balls, but when it gets going, you juggle faster, 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 it doesn't look like all those balls anymore. If you keep taking it to the you know, extreme, it just looks like a blur. Mm-hmm. Individual balls are not flying anymore. It's like, and outside ourselves, the people watching it, to them, it just looks like juggle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, there's not all the pieces that went into juggle. Yeah. And that's where Robin is, and that's why he can't talk about it. I mean, he probably could. If you had him teach a class, he'd find his way. But, but he might not be as clear... Maybe he would, I don't know, but he might not be as clear, wouldn't have been as clear as, as somebody who didn't walk in as gifted as him. Mm-hmm. But at some level, that's happened inside him, is happening inside him. Mm-hmm. Whether he's doing it, whether he does is doing it on purpose or all those things were set up and he just didn't get in the way of it, that's what he's doing. Yeah. It's everything is happening. Mm-hmm. Choices are being made. Ideas are being had. Things are popping into his head. There's no, there's no editing. There's, I mean, that's why he's free. And it's funny because that's really like how you have to learn to juggle. Cause I, I, I grew up juggling and uh-huh. you, you have to slow yourself down, but you have to be like, throw, 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 throw. Throw. You have to because you you know what juggling feel you know what you know what juggling is. Yep. But you don't associate that with throw 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 Correct. throw. You just see this whirlwind of things happening, and so to act. You know, it's, it's the same thing with the. You know, I grew up playing the trumpet too. Like playing runs on the trumpet. You know, it's like or any musical instrument. Like play each note. You know, <laughs> like note 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 note. Not like. And, right. and if you try to get ahead of yourself, which we do because we hear the runs and we hear the whole thing, we're like, this is a run or this is a, but we, we don't, we, to, to get the actual notes, whether it's singing any instrument to like, to slow down and stop and, and acknowledge each note and, and then get that in our heads. So then we can forget it. hundred yeah. percent. And you know what? That's what I was talking about, about sentences earlier. Oh, nice. <laughs> it was just doing that with sentence. And you know what? As an actor, in auditions, or even not auditions, but as an actor, I noticed that happening. The problem being, it's funny that you said throw, 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 because when I started really doing well in auditions was when I would say a line and then I disrupted, I called disrupt the thought, because what we do is we say the line, then we look back at it and go, did I mean that? And you're, well, it's too late for the next one now. Uh-huh. So I would say in my head, next, next 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 nice. i would force myself to go to the next line and disrupt the thought that wanted to measure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yes once you've you do have to slow it down exactly and then my strong belief which i've seen 
a million times and tell me how you feel about this. I think you'll agree is that there has to be a time of going super, super slow to get the information in, in so much detail. And then, and it's not until you, you don't have to necessarily gradually do this. You have to do that for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go, here I go launch. Yeah. Go. Okay. What worked? What didn't work? Okay. Let me go back and detail, detail, detail. Let's Mm -hmm. see what's there. Launch. Oh, okay. That's stuck this time. Mm -hmm. But you're evaluating afterwards, not during. Yeah. Well, and I found too that what would happen, and this is, I'm, I'm really just thinking of the example of trumpet playing was when I would focus on those notes um, the run would happen. The run would just come out when it correct. Like you know, so I didn't. I never had to focus on the whole thing, right? You know, I only actually had to focus on the next thing and the next thing. You know, and it's like, and then I would arrive at the. It's sure. something really great, but I wouldn't. That wasn't. I was never. Um, you know, my my focus was only yep. really on what was going on then. Exactly, and I understand, and that's a an absolutely valid way of of going about it. You know, yeah. so so it, it, you just kept doing what needed to be done until the thing showed up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is that what would you say? That's true. Yeah. It's like if my attention it feels like if if I needed to put my attention somewhere, because at some point I didn't need to do that. You know, at some point right. the, the the it didn't matter. But if my if I was just learning something, um, my attention I needed to to direct it, and if yeah. I and if I directed it into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, then that was going to help me. Otherwise, it was actually going to hurt me because my attention would be like like a sort of like an anxious kid waiting for the thing to be complete, and, right? And want to be like I'd want to get there. I'd want it to. You're absolutely right. I'd be writing the review about how this went, or you know, I'd be thinking about what people would say about it. I mean, just oh, I would jump way into the future. Um, yep, and so and that's that, why yeah. only uh, that's why only a certain amount of people will allow themselves to have the experience of that song because they're unwilling to do what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. but I'll tell you that the 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 kind of situation that what I encourage people one of the things I say is master it or don't mind it is mm, yeah. let's say. During the process, somewhere along the lines of you working that trumpet line, somebody and you weren't at that arrival place yet, somebody said to you, hey, Dave, we need you to fill in. My thought is that when you go fill in, you, can't, you won't get your best result by thinking about no, no, no. You get your best result by going, oh, well, I don't have a problem with it not being right. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. To, to, to get the juice out of where you're at so far. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 uh, you know, the attention can just, you know, just rest and say, okay, cool. We're going to just do what we can do so far. That's it. Because you're only going to make it worse by putting your attention on it. Yeah. Because because you're 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 then saying, well, my linear attention, which moves at, I mean, these are actual numbers. About 500 words per minute is going to do a better job 
than my subconscious mind that moves is 90% of my processing power and moves 500,000 times faster. Yeah. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. It's yielding to that as yeah. best we can. Yeah. But we're talking we're talking the same thing, man, which is really great. I mean, it's really that that experience, however one gets there, there's no rules about how you get there. Robin got there his way. Somebody's going to talk about it another way. Mm-hmm. You know, many roads to Mecca. Yeah. yeah. But but when we know it, when we do it, we feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so this is the last question here. Um, if you could go back in time and you could write yourself a note and give it to yourself, maybe, maybe as the young actor in Broadway, um, what would you say to yourself? Compassion. Have compassion for yourself. What did that look like when you didn't have compassion for yourself? Um, I beat myself up relentlessly. My value, my, my, I didn't have what you'd call an intrinsic sense of self-worth. It was so ch- tied to the results I could achieve or, or the performance I gave or didn't give. And, and the best thing would probably be to say, no, your performance has nothing to do with your worth. That nothing you ever achieve, nothing you ever create can add one bit of value to your human value as a life existing. Nothing can ever add to that. But the good thing about that is nothing can ever subtract from it you nothing you ever fail to accomplish can ever take that away and if one can really feel that and if i because you said talking to me if i could have really felt that then it could have all been about being creative because i wouldn't have been trying to get somewhere to fill a hole of my own self-worth, my own self-value. Mm-hmm. And and if I had been able to be compassionate to myself, I would have achieved that state of knowing this sooner. Mm-hmm. And therefore we can access our greatest creativity that's possible for us at any given time. so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode be sure to listen to the bonus conversation which can be found in the podcast feed or at darkenthepage.com slash 050b as in bravo today's music is by the wonderful duo dawn and hawks who you might remember from episode 44 the songs are available on itunes and they're off their latest album yours and mine which is wonderful and i highly recommend it Special thanks to Stride Health for the awesome work they're doing to keep freelancers and self-employed people like me with good health insurance. Visit stridehealth.com slash darkenthepage for more. 
As always, you can see the show notes from today's episode at darkonthepage.com slash 050. And you can email me at darkonthepage at gmail.com. Big shout out to the Thunderdome for keeping me going. And until next week, go make great art.